Good morning again. My name is Sam McLaughlin, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. This is my second Sunday back after maternity leave. So if you've been visiting and we have not met, I would love the chance to get to know you. If you're joining us online and we uh, have yet to talk to you, we would love to know who you are. Just last week, I got a letter from someone who's been watching us online for the last year and a half, and she told me what a difference that has made in her life. So we want to hear from you too, and we wanted the chance to get to know you. Uh, before we get started today, uh, church, I want to talk a little bit about our pledge to giving. Uh, here at the end of 2021, um, it's December. <laughs> All of a sudden, here we are. And so if you uh, have not been up to date on your pledge, if you would just do us a favor and please take a look at that, make sure that it's current. If you have questions about that, reach out to our office and uh, we will get you squared away. I also want to report to you as we look to 2022, and I'm not sure that we have have done this yet, that we've received 133 pledges totaling $630,000. And so we just thank you so much for those pledges. They're vitally important to the life of the church and plan, planning all the ministry endeavors that we wanna do in 2022. Now, I will tell you that last year, we had 203 pledges totaling $835,000. So we are a little bit behind. If you, are, if you have yet to make a pledge and you've been planning to do that and you just haven't done it yet, please do that today. Uh, that's important to us. If you have questions about pledging and what it means, uh, please let's have a conversation. I've talked to two people in the last week and we've had really great conversations on the importance of this and what works for you and what works for your family. So that's my pledge plug. Uh, please take a look at it. Today, as we've been talking about, is the second Sunday of Advent. And remember, if you're new to Advent, this is a time in which we're watching and waiting and expecting God to show up in our lives, to show up in the flesh like Jesus does at Christmas. This year, we are in a sermon series called Expect the Unexpected, and we've called it that because as we look at these characters in the Bible that lead to Jesus's birth, we see how God surprises and startles and stirs them in unexpected ways, in, at times that they least expect it, uh, but ways that fulfill the longings of their heart. Last Sunday, we started this journey by looking at an older couple named Zachariah and Elizabeth. Zachariah was a priest. Uh, his wife, Elizabeth, had grown up a priest's daughter and also married a priest. And for a long time, they were unable to conceive a child. Well, in our story, an angel of God breaks in when Zachariah is in the sanctuary and tells him this good news that they are finally going to bear a son. And that son's name was John. Some of us know him as John the Baptist. And so today, our focus is on this baby boy who grows into a man named John. Now, as we get started today, I want to tell you a story of one of my favorite uh, Christmases with my family. I'm the oldest child, but my brother and sister and I are all very close in age. Right now, we're... 33, 34, 35. Um, so my mom, my mom had three under three for a long time. Anyways, um, that this Christmas, it was freshman year of high school. Uh, we, all the presents were laid out under the tree. And of course, because we were siblings and there was rivalry and competition, we were jabbing each other about who had the most gifts, who had the biggest gift. And it turns out this year when I was 14 years old, I had the biggest gift under the tree. It was this gift right here. 
And so um, I'm telling you, I was eyeing this thing all day, like this is gonna be amazing. I can't wait to open this. I made us all wait until the end of the, uh, I was about to say service, <laughs> to the end of Christmas. So everybody was watching when I opened it. Now, is there anybody here who wants to help me open this gift? Come on up, you can all come, come on. And like, before you do it, let me ask you, what's your guess of what this might be? What? Georgia. Shh. That's not what it is. <laughs> Any other guesses? <laughs> what might it be? Any, a church? Could be. An owl? I like it. Any guesses? All right. Georgia did guess it, but we're going to let you unwrap it anyways. Okay. Go ahead. Unwrap. Now hold it up so everybody can see it. A suitcase. What? Okay, thank you guys. You can put it back down. Thanks for your help so much. I mean, you can take it if you want to. No, I'm going to hold on to it. Go ahead. Yeah, you can have the paper. Okay. So I'll tell you, as a 14-year-old girl, this was not what I was expecting. A suitcase, right? And so I wish that I could tell you that I acted like a very grateful daughter, but I did not. I took this suitcase and I rolled it around the den and I said, uh, Mary, Mike, can I pick up your trash? I'll put it inside my suitcase. And so I picked up all the trash from Christmas and I rolled it down the hill and I filled the trash cans with all the wrapping. Now, it turns out that moms really do know what's best. And I used this suitcase for 21 years. It's still in my closet because I use it, right? I took it on my youth trips. I took it uh, when I studied abroad in Italy in college. I took it to visit my boyfriend, Mark, when we were living long distance and he was in Texas. The suitcase was not what I expected, but it was what I needed and it exceeded the, my expectations. You know, I use this because I think that's how life with God can be, right? We get these unexpected gifts, these gifts we never imagined or anticipated that would be uh, useful, things that we would come to grow to love. And I think that John in our story is exactly that kind of gift for his parents. They did not expect to conceive at their old age and he exceeded their longings, uh, their heart, their desires, uh, the desires of their heart. I also think that John was that kind of gift to the world. Now, last, year, last week, we looked at the end of Luke chapter one. I invite you to go back and read Luke one in its entirety. And uh, as I looked back today, it picks up on the story of John's birth. So we left them last week where Zachariah was made to be quiet for nine months and eight days. And then now this is what happens. They go, uh, Elizabeth conceives, it says the people shared in her joy. I love that that's in the text. All the people shared in her joy when she finally conceived John. They go to the temple to have him circumcised, which would have been their custom. Um, they go to name him. And Elizabeth, before everyone's expecting him, them to name him Zachariah or someone, a name from their family. And before that, Elizabeth says, no, 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 we're gonna name him John. Well, confused by this, the people go to Zachariah and they give him a writing tablet. And they're like, you tell us what you think the baby should be named. And Zachariah scribbles out J-O-H-N, John. And it's at that moment that he is able to speak again. And this is what the text says. Zachariah doesn't just talk, he sings. 
And this is, what, this is part of what his song says. John, you will be a prophet of the Most High. You will prepare the way of the Lord. You will give people knowledge of salvation. And all of this is because of the tender mercy of God who comes to us from heaven, shining a light in the darkness, shining on people in the shadow of death, who offers us, who guides our feet to a path of peace. And that prophecy over that baby boy came true because today we meet him as he's in the wilderness offering this baptism of repentance, baptizing people in the Jordan River and saying, listen everybody, after me comes somebody even more powerful than I. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So listen, if you think that John was someone that people were expecting, remember, he was wearing clothes made out of camel hair and had this weird belt tied around his waist and he ate bugs and honey, right? John came in a package that people were not expecting, but he had a message that everybody needed, a message that we today need to. And John's twofold message was this, repent and be baptized and keep looking to the future because something greater is coming. Last week, I told you that my family and I have also moved into a new house over these last uh, couple of weeks. And of course, as most people do, that meant we started sorting through closets and drawers and uh, throwing things away and giving things to goodwill. Well, as I was going through my things, I learned that there are, uh, there's stuff that I've been holding on to for as long as Mark and I have been married, almost nine years, that I have never used like a vegetable chopper, you know? Like, why do you need that? You don't wanna clean, you don't wanna chop that up and clean all the pieces, like just use a knife, right? Or, um, or like a, an iron, you know, that you use on your clothes. <laughs> like, like, you know how you get wrinkles out? You throw something in the dryer on high heat, right? Okay, who needs that? And so I started cleaning out all these things, giving things away, and the more I did it, the lighter I felt right? The more like simple life felt to me, the less cluttered and scattered I was. And I think as we talk about repentance, that that's a piece of it, right? That repentance entails us letting go of things, getting rid of the things we don't need to hold on to anymore. And so as we uh, come to the table today, as we enter this Advent season, what are the things that we just need to let go of? Right? In the deepest sense, there are boxes in the rooms of our minds that we need to clear out. There are relationships that we need to let go of. There are feelings of resentment or modes of comparison or unhealthy amounts of stress or whatever it is that comes to mind to you that we have to let go of in order to experience the goodness of life that God wants to give us here in the present. The second thing that God led me to notice in this text is that the people who repented 
were also baptized by John in the river. So there wasn't just this one moment of confession. There was a marker, there was a symbol uh, that, that said, I'm gonna live a changed life. I'm gonna walk away from this place and there will be reform in my life. This week I was thinking about how in the life of the church, like formally, we only baptize people one time when you're an infant or when you're older and you're ready uh, for confession. But metaphorically, baptism happens in our life over and over and over again. When I suffered an unexpected miscarriage, I experienced a baptism of grief. When I became the parent of a newborn for the first time, I experienced a baptism of uninhibited joy, followed quickly by a baptism of fire. When I preached for the first time when I was 18 years old, I experienced a baptism of shaky knees, but also a calling like Jeremiah who said, the word of God is like fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. What are your baptism experiences? What conversions have happened in your life? And how do you live differently because of them? And how might right now, today, repentance lead you, prepare you to be ready for the conversion that God wants to do in your life right now? Finally, I love that this text ends with John saying, look, after me, come someone more powerful than I. Any good, genuine Christian that is earnestly trying to share the good news does not point to themselves, does not say, hey, look at my life, uh, give me your applause, give me your attention. All we are trying to do is point to Jesus Christ. Because we know as humans, we do not have power over everything in this world, but we worship the one who does. We worship, John is saying to us, the one who sees our past and present pain, who sees our shame and guilt, who sees the ways that we try to contrive and fix our lives and offers us a way out. There is one church that is more powerful than us when we are powerless. And so our invitation today is to confess and repent and be ready to be baptized into a new person, to let go of all of our junk and our baggage and create room for God to do new things in our life. And I have to tell you that there are times that I have felt that it is impossible for someone like me to be saved. And so if it, that is you today, I want you to remember these words that Zachariah sang these words that tell us who God is. God is full of tender mercy, ready to come and shine light in the darkness, to shine over the shadow of death and offer your feet guidance to the path of peace. John said, do not dwell here, look to the future and prepare the way for something greater because the one more powerful than me more powerful than you is on the way. Thanks be to God, amen.